Well, good morning. I was taught in preaching class that you should have something to get people's attention, but I got this stuff. Look at this great stuff. I'm like in the clouds. This is great. Well, I just wanted to start thanking you all uh, for the opportunity to serve this summer, and uh, thank you for your hospitality, for the warm meals and invitations, and watching your house, trusting me with your house. I appreciate that. That was, uh, I know, difficult to do. Um, it's been very humbling to, uh, to see how weak I am and God would still uh, work through me and, and speak through me. So thank you. Thank you for, for the opportunity to be with you. And uh, like Virel said, I'm thankful my parents are here. And my sister Andrea are here today. And uh, I wish my girlfriend was here, but can't have everything all the time. You know, that's what I'm thinking. So, you know, we were studying the book of Romans with the youth this summer. And just studying it has just made me uh, love it so much more. Turn with me to Romans 8. This is where we've come together with the youth. We've arrived at Romans 8. And I'm thankful to be able to, to, to preach to you from, from this, from God's word. Uh, page number 90, 981 in the Pew Bible. Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his Son in the likeness of sinful man, to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the Spirit. Those living according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not the, to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die 
But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you do not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word, that it is active and living, and that it is speaking to the truthfulness of life. There are so many um, distractions in our minds today. So many of us have come today with so many things that are on our hearts, unconfessed sin. Father, we, have, we need you to speak to us today. We need your spirit to transform our minds and our hearts to realize who we are in Christ Jesus. Please break down the footholds of the evil one. Yes, that, that you would destroy things that are keeping us from Jesus. Make your name be glorified today through your word. I pray for your churches around the world that are preaching your word, that it would be glorious for your name, not for ours. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I was born in a Romanian Baptist family, which means I've gone to church since I was a little kid. I've learned uh, Bible stories. I've one of the great things about my parents is that we prayed a lot when we were young together as a family. So I, I, I've done that. And um, I've sang in the children's choir. I've sung in the youth choir. Got baptized at 15. Played in the mandolin orchestra. So I thought I was doing great. I thought, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good guy. I'm a Christian. I'm, I, know, I know God. I mean, I, I do all these, all these things. I've gotten baptized. But then at 17, God woke me up. He said, I don't, I, I don't know you. You're doing all these things for yourself. It happened at a time when I was, uh, have, had broken up with my girlfriend from school and realized just um, how terribly I was, how terrible I was. And I was, I was kind of in a despair. I was sharing with the youth today that it was around this time that I actually started thinking, you know, it would be better if I just didn't live. Life is just not worth living. I, I felt alone, like so many youth do in, the, in those years. But God said, just trust in me. You know, trust in what I, and just give your life to me. Stop trusting in yourself. I said, fine, God, do, do whatever you want in my life. I'm done. And this is where I, I'm, I'm supposed to say, well, everything was great after this, right? Everything was perfect, you know. No more problems, you know, I was just like, everything went great. You know, I kind of like those cheesy Christian movies. No, that's not, that's not the Christian life. I, I've, I was transformed by the Lord, and I loved his word, and I started realizing even more how sinful I was. And for a time, I had been thinking after the Lord and just running to him and trusting in what he has done. But then there was a time in my life where I've fallen into this trap where 
I thought, you know, I'm good. I'm going to prove to God just how good of a Christian I am. I'm going I'm to show him that I'm, I'm worth saving. And that, you know, what, you know what happens? That leads to despair. Leads to nights of crying. To nights of saying, I'm never going to change. I'm never going to stop sinning. When is, when is it going to stop? Because I forgot. I forgot who I was in Christ. I forgot what he has done. Like Ed said today, it's kind of like Ed was, God was preaching my sermon today. You know? I had, at that time, I had held sin in my heart. And what happens is that you start feeling that condemnation again. And that's what Paul is dealing with here. That's one of the things that is so incredible about the scriptures that I just am amazed. Just how it deals with the real stuff of life. And so what does Paul tell the Christians in Rome 2,000 years ago? Reminds them of who they are in Christ. Look at verse 1. He says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. That's the problem. We just, we stop thinking about that. We think, oh yeah, God saved me. Now I got to do it. Now I got to, I got to, you know, hike up my pants and get busy for God. Now I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to do it through my strength. And Paul says, listen, you can't do it. There's nothing in you that can help you to do it. He says, remember that what Christ has done, he always brings us back to the gospel. I find that so incredible. Just reminding us that Christ has set us free from all sin. I don't have to go back to the lie, to lying tomorrow. I don't have to go back to lusting today. I don't have to go back to being greedy today. The power of God has set me free from sin. But like Ed was saying, when we, what we do sometimes, what I have done is we uh, get this attitude that I'm, I'm going to deal with my sin now. And what does Paul do? Paul says, look, verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering, and so he condemned sin in sinful man. Paul is reminding them, listen, you don't have the power to obey God's law through your strength. You can never obey God enough. That would just lead to despair. Because you will realize the more you try to do it through your own strength, the more you try to deal with life through your mistakes and making things up to God, you can't. You can't make it up to God. Because Christ has done it all. He has paid it all. We can't add to it. We, can never, we never could because we are weak in our flesh. And Paul has already explained that in the beginning of the book. He says, we were all sinners. We've all wanted to live life our way. And when we knew the Bible, chapter 2, when we know the Bible, what it's right and wrong, what do we do? We boast in it, but then we judge other people, and we say, look how good I am. I know what's right and wrong. You're a sinner. You commit adultery, he says. He gives an example. You steal. And Paul says, but we're hypocrites. Apart from Christ, we have no strength to obey the law perfectly. And so Paul reminds him, remember who you were? And remember who you are now. You were dead in sin. You never could do it. 
So don't try to add to what Christ has done because you can't. Christ has done it all on the cross. He was the one that was perfect. He was the one that came and died in our place. He was the one that was able to obey God's law perfectly. As one of the youth said perfectly today, you know, the law is not bad for Jesus because he could do it. And that's right. Jesus fulfilled everything that the law required of us that we could not do. But oftentimes, what do we do? We beat ourselves up, right? You come to Jesus, you trust him for what he's done on the cross. And then you think, well, he kind of forgave me for that sin, but how could I do it again? He's probably not going to forgive me for this one. I got to do something about it. I got to fix it this time. But Paul says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right now, after your sin from today, from your sin from this past week, right now you are in Jesus. You have put your faith in what he has done. You have died to all that the law required because of Jesus. You know, one of the things that we um, start thinking in our, in our lives that I have thought as well is that I can kind of uh, take advantage of God's grace. He'll forgive me. You know? I mean, he's good. He's loving. He'll forgive me. Right? You, you can get that attitude when you come to Jesus. You can start taking sin um, less serious. You know, just be, just be positive. Just, just, just serve in the church. But that's one of the things that Paul says in verse 4 to remind us that sin is still serious and because Christ has died for it, we are to walk in the Spirit. Verse 4 says, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the Spirit. And that's what he says in chapter 6. He says, listen, if you're really in Jesus, how do you know? It's because you're part of it because you desire to kill that flesh. So you take sin seriously, but you never think that you can kill sin in your life through your own strength. It's because of Jesus. It's because of what he's done on the cross. You know, one of the other problems that people get when we're talking about what, um, what the Spirit does in our life is we think we can reach a state of perfection. A great, one of the great uh, preachers in the past thought that. You know, this perfectionism, we can actually stop sinning. He said, you know, I, I know this old lady at my church who was once saying, I think, he, I, I think she actually is not sinning anymore. I, I, think, I think she's done it. She's reached that perfection, you know? But that's not what chapter 6 says. Of Romans says that we are fighting and Paul's commanding them. It says, if you're in Christ, you put to death the deeds of the flesh and you give your body to Christ on a daily basis. So that struggle is always there until you die. You know, 1 John says, 1 John 1, 5 says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we say we have not sinned, I haven't done anything wrong. 
we make God a liar. And his truth is not in us. So there is like this, this, this struggle going on in the Christian life, and we're tempted to think, well, I can, I can kind of do it in my own strength, and I can obey God and, and forget that Jesus has done enough. And then, and, and then we can kind of approach it there, and we can say, well, you know, everybody sins, you know. I don't, I don't really struggle anymore, you know. So my prayer requests are going to be about persons getting sick in the church. I'm not really going to tell people, pray for me. I'm really lusting. I'm not going to tell somebody, you know, I've had a fight with my, with, with my mom. I had a fight with my, with my sister. I had a fight with my wife. Pray for me. I'm struggling. I want to, I trust in Jesus. I'm confessing my sin because he's done enough for me. No, we, you know, we're, we're tempted to hide it. That's what, that's what Ed was saying. We tend to just kind of hold it in. And so there it is right there. Paul is saying, walk in the spirit. Christ has done enough. Confess your sin because you're going to struggle with it. Don't, don't pretend you're perfect, because we're not. There's no reason why any of us should judge. We know that. What makes a Christian is a, person, is a, a Christian is he realizes he, is, he, he doesn't deserve heaven. Right? Paul says in Ephesians 2, um, and you were dead in the trespasses in, in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, following the desires of the flesh. And we were by nature children of wrath. That's who we were. And Paul is saying, do you realize who you are now? You're, you're, you're no longer that person who was always desiring to sin. You're now in Christ, right? Because Paul says in verse, chapter, chapter 2, verse 4, Ephesians says, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And that's who we are. We're, we're people that deserved hell, and we're people that, apart from Christ, we can never do enough for Jesus. Do you know who you are? I, I thought I was, um, I, I thought I was a good kid. You know? You, you can think you're a Christian and not be a Christian. We, we all kind of know that. You know? So God had to tell me, listen, I don't know you. You're not in Jesus. And if you're not in Jesus, condemnation is real. You cannot rest assured in Jesus. You cannot rest assured of not having condemnation and feeling that guilt that's pounding in you and that dirtiness that is pounding in you and that shame of what you've done is real. You, you, you need to be in Jesus to be rest assured that there's no more sin to pay for. And that's what God does for the rest of us. If you really trust in Christ, for the rest of your life, he's going to be telling you, listen, I'm not holding back on you. I'm not holding good things from you. I'm not angry at you secretly of things that you've done in the past. I'm not angry at what you've done now. I've, I've forgiven it all in Christ. I've, I've done all things in Christ for you. A pastor said it this way. He said, uh, when Jesus was in the water and the Holy Spirit came down on him and God said, this is, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's who we are in Christ. You are God's beloved son or daughter and in you he's well pleased, not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done. 
Are you trusting in that? Or are you trusting in yourself? You know where that leads. It leads to despair. It leads to pain. It leads to tragedy. It leads to uh, kids killing themselves. Because they realize we're not, we're nothing apart from Christ. God is great. There is nothing. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you resting assured in that today? Are you telling that to your, to your children? Or are you telling them, hey, be good kids. Read your Bible. You know, I was raised in, in my church. They raised, us, they raised us thinking that we were Christians. You're, you're a Christian, you know. Now we're going to serve Jesus, and now we're going to sing for God. But I, I wasn't singing for God. I've already told you that. I was doing it for myself. I'm so encouraged to see um, some of you here teaching your children to seek after Jesus. Our youth need Jesus. Getting him baptized is not going to fix anything. You need to be in Christ. You need to trust in what Christ has done because baptism is just a sign of what Christ has done. I, I, I have trusted. I have trusted in, in, in my baptism for many years, thinking, well, I'm baptized. I must be a Christian. But that, that's not what it means to be in Christ. It means that you've talked to him and you said, God, I am a sinner and I need, and I need you to fix it. I trust you with my life. And then he puts you in, in, in Christ and gives you all that Christ has done and he gives you all new desires and a passion and now you can walk freely in the spirit and on a daily basis, if you fall flat on your face, you run back to him. You run back to him and say, I'm, I know. I know I don't deserve this. I trust in what you've done. And that's what you tell other people. You tell them that, that don't really know Jesus, that you know, um, think they're good people. You're not really a good person. God doesn't just wink at sin. Condemnation is serious. Sin is serious. That, that's why Jesus has died. That's, that's tough to do, especially if it's your child, especially if it's my niece. Tell my niece, you, you know, you're not a Christian just because you go to church. It's tough because I love my niece. But she's not. She, she doesn't know Jesus. If she didn't run to him and rest assured in what he has done, then she's not a Christian. We're not perfect. We struggle. We don't play with sin. We don't pretend we don't sin. And that's why we hold each other accountable. That's why we do church discipline. That's why we um, come together and have a prayer of confession on Sundays to learn that, you know what, as we're struggling and trusting in Jesus, we're going to flat, be falling flat on our face and, and, and we're going to run back to him and say, Lord, I trust you again. Are you trusting in, in what he has done today? Or are you trusting in yourself? Are you convincing yourself, God's going to let me into heaven? I'm a, I'm a good kid. You know, I haven't done anything wrong. Or do you think you, because you're in Christ, you can judge other people and say, well, that guy, look at the way he dresses. I mean, if he really knew Jesus, then he would dress like this, you know, good, like a suit, you know, tie. But that's running back to my works if I do that. If I, if, if I talk about what, uh, you know, my, my playing the violin in church, you know, I must be a good Christian because I'm playing the violin in church. You know, I'm serving a VBS this week, all week, you know, that's running back to trusting in the law. 
And that just shows that we're not. The law only shows that we're, that we're not capable of keeping it. Brothers and sisters and friends, I just want to encourage you today. All those sins that you've done, run back to Jesus. All those sins that you will do, run back to Jesus. That's all it is. We can't do it. Only he can. Rest assured in what Christ has done. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for what Christ has done on the cross for us and that in him there is no condemnation for sin. Father, I, I deserve uh, hell and all these people here deserve hell. And as much as we try to make it up to you, as much as, much as we try to justify and minimize as, as, as much as we try to point fingers at others, we know that we're guilty apart from Christ. Father, would you open our hearts? Would you open up the hearts of these people here today that are trusting in themselves and that they would run to Jesus? Father, help us to grow more deeply in love in the gospel and what Jesus has done and that no matter what, we can turn to you. No matter what, we can we can run back and, 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 and know that we are forgiven. Give us a passion to hate the sin in our lives enough so that we are willing to hold each other accountable and confess our sins and to practice church discipline for your glory. Father, give us humility today that we would show the grace that you have shown us to other people and that we would, with a humble heart, uh, point them to Jesus and, and show them that, that, that all that they've done is going to lead him to hell. Father, we praise you. Give us a longing for your coming. Father, I, I want to long for heaven more. Give us a passion to look forward to seeing you face to face. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please stand as we continue to worship and we reflect on, on our dependence in Christ alone. In Christ.